fit. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> we'll start in 310, Malachi 310. Bring all the tithes, say all. all. So don't miss the 10 cents on every dollar that you take in, amen? Amen, amen? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord. The only verse God asks you to try him in is the tithe. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the floodgates, literally windows is floodgates there, floodgates of heaven, and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. You know, the tithe doesn't just touch your life. It touches the lives of those around you, and it touches your generations, generations down the line. Tithing sets up future generations. Uh, My parents can gladly attest to that, I believe. And I can attest to that. Tithing sets up future generations. And pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. it's, It's not just for you. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. The tithe also brings protection. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Um, it, you're producing no matter what if you're a tither, amen? The floodgates of heaven are open to you if you're a tither, this verse says, amen? amen. Says the Lord of hosts, and all nations, say all nations, all will call you blessed. How many nations call our nation blessed? Seems like people are trying to get here from everywhere, amen? I, I hear people come into this country and say, this is the land flowing with milk and honey. I've heard that from people coming into this nation. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. This promise, These promises are promised to the tither, amen? It's a good thing to get a hold of. I believe it was Lindsay who told me, who was it, John D. Rockefeller had 7 billion? Was it 7 billion? 6 to 7 billion. 7 billion. 6 to 700 billion. There it is. It's about 700 billion John D. Rockefeller accumulated. His generations, generations are still trying to get through his money right now. That's how much money he had. He's on the record as saying, everything I have come through God, came through God. Yes, amen. amen. He, was, he started tithing at age 16. Wow. There's a link there, folks. Yes. Amen. The tithe is our link to the blessings in the storehouses of heaven. Amen, amen. Glory to God. All right, with that, we'll take up our offering. Amen. (laughs) I forgot. We could have just gone right into the message. So, Heavenly Father, we just bless you through our tithes and offerings. We stand upon your promise in Malachi, and we give you all the praises. For good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, men add unto us, but even more so in the tithe. We honor you with our tithes, and the floodgates of heaven are opened unto us, and the devourer is rebuked from our families, from our businesses, and whatsoever we put our hand to through our tithing rites and covenant we make with you today. If you're not a tither, I encourage you to do so. There is coming the largest wealth transfer the world has ever seen within the next 25 years. Financial experts have also uh, noted this. About $68 trillion is the estimate to be transferred to the next generation in the next 25 years, which will be the largest wealth transfer the world has ever seen. If you're not a tither, I'd start tithing today. Amen. Amen. And ask the Lord, Lord, where do you want me to put my tithe? It's the only promise we have in the entire Bible that God rebukes Satan on your behalf. 
the devourer. It equals divine protection for your family, for your children. Literally, you're setting up generations through tithing now. Amen? God's not going to give you the wealth of the sinner if you're robbing him of what's his. Amen? Amen. So I plug, I plug that in. Start tithing today. Amen? Don't haste. Don't, don't do it. Ask the Lord where, Lord, where, it doesn't have to be here. Just ask, get with the Lord. I don't want your money. I want you to, I want you to have your money. Amen? Amen. I want you to be blessed. Yes. Glory yes. to God. Yes. So ask the Lord, Lord, where should I tithe? And if you don't have a job, get a job and start tithing. Yes. So the Lord can bless you. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> it's worth it. Tithing is worth it. Yes. It's divine rights and protection for you and your household and generations to come. Amen. We can learn a lot from Father Abraham, can't we? He was a tither. Go with me to Exodus 12. Exodus 12, 1. We'll start here. The blood, the blessing, and the tithe. Lord, help me get through this. <laughs> I had a lot of information and knowledge downloaded into me last night, so I hope this comes out clearly and correctly in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus 12, 1 through 14. Exodus you know, it's the doer of the word that gets rewarded. Amen. Yes. You can hear a hundred messages on tithing and never tithe and never reap the results. Yes. Exodus 12, this is the Passover. We'll read 1 through 14 here. Really, I wanted to start this message by talking about how to appropriate the blood of Jesus how to apply the blood. Um, if we've been born again, we've been birthed into the blood of Jesus. Amen? And it's the blood that overcame everything. <laughs> the blood of the Lamb. Amen? But it has to be applied. Exodus 12, 1 through 14. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. Say, it's my beginning month. It shall be the first month of the year to you. This is on the Jewish calendar, not January, by the way. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for his household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall, you, Jesus, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. On the cross, amen. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts. Notice now they're, they're instructed to apply the blood. He shed his blood, but it's up to us to apply the blood he shed. And they shall take some of that blood and put it on the two doorposts. One of the best ways to apply the blood is through communion. The Lord showed me that this morning. Communion is a great way to appropriate your blood rites. And the lentil of the house is where they eat it. They shall, then they shall eat the flesh on that night roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water but roasted in fire its head with its legs and its entrails you shall let none of it remain until morning and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire and thus you shall eat it 
with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet. Does this sound anything like Ephesians? The preparation, the, the armor of God? The armor comes through the blood. The sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment, saith the Lord. I am the Lord. Now the blood, say the blood, blood. shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, say the blood, blood. I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Amen. We've been grafted in through Abraham. Amen. Amen. We're to be keeping this feast as well. Praise God. Through Father Abraham, all the way to us. Amen. We are in covenant. So we should honor the Passover, amen? I just started honoring it for the first time this year. (laughs) And it blessed me. It really blessed me, amen? There's a God is in it, amen? Just have to keep Jesus in it. He's the sacrificial lamb. So notice they applied the blood. They slaughtered the lamb, but it was up to them to apply it to their houses, amen? To stay in the blessing. Glory, glory. Hebrews 9.14, let's go there. Hebrew has 20 verses on the blood, more than any other book in the New Testament. Hebrews 9.14. Say, I have blood rights. I have blood rights. The angel of death can't cross the bloodline, but it has to be applied. If you need deliverance today, if you need healing in your body today, healing in your finances, it's up to you to apply the blood of Jesus in every area of your life. Amen. Tithing is a way we appropriate the blood of Jesus into our bank accounts. By the way, (laughs) communion is one way we appropriate the blood for our bodies when it comes to healing. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. And confession is a great way to appropriate the blood. I confess the blood of Jesus over my girls every morning. The blood of the Lamb is on them. I confess the blood over my car, lay my hands on it. Amen. The blood of Jesus covers me. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Hebrews 9.14. Is everyone there? Oh, glory. Where do I want to back up to here? Let's just pray in the Spirit. Everybody, everybody's got that gift, right? <laughs> Give it to them if they want it. It's freely given, freely received. We'll start in verse 11. Hebrews 9.11 says, But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more, say much more, shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit 
offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience, say conscience, from dead works to serve the living God. That word in Greek, conscience, the Greek definition, the Greek word for conscience is actually sunidesis. Sunidesis, which means in Greek co-perception or moral consciousness. Webster's definition on conscience is part of the mind that makes you aware of your actions as being morally right or wrong. Go with me to Genesis 2.15 and we'll hold our place right here. I summed it up as divine mind. Your conscience is your divine mind. I think that's a good, good word for it. Your divine mind. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's study this for a little bit here. Genesis 2.15, we'll start there. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Eve was not created yet. This was man's assignment without his help meet there. This was directly from God to man, to Adam. The Lord took Adam, placed him in the Garden of Eden, which is paradise, created paradise around him. The garden produced on its own accord. It did not need Adam. The blessing produced the garden. Adam was sent into the blessing, into this paradise. For these specific instructions, to tend and to keep it, which actually means guard, cultivate it, and protect it. Protect it from what? The enemy. <laughs> the curse. And the Lord God commanded the man, notice Eve was not on the scene yet, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, your tithe, you shall not eat it. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. You will be separated from me. Spiritual death, separated from God. Lost connection. And then we see the helpmate come in. We'll read that in a little bit. But notice his commandment, you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When Adam and Eve partook of that tree and ate of it, a development of a seared conscience took place. Their conscience was seared in that moment. They lost full connection and 100% view of God, and now their conscience was split good and evil, 50-50. I have view of evil and the enemy, and now I have view of God. It's faint. It's faint. When I was in perfect fullness of him, in perfect view of him, now I have view of Satan because I let him in. Disobeyed God. Every human not illuminated and restored by Christ has a seared conscience through Adam's transgression and Eve. It's imprinted on their minds right and wrong, the Bible says. The law is imprinted on our minds. On every unbeliever, they know right and wrong. They have to be really plastered, really drunk, really sedated to bypass that law that's been imprinted on their mind. But they know right and wrong every human. They just don't know who's behind the right and who's behind the wrong. Their conscience is seared. The forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge and good and evil brought Adam and Eve the presence of evil, the presence of the enemy, and their divine mind, their conscience went from enlightened to darkened. Their conscience was seared. They lost 100% connection and their conscience was now split in half. 
Again, they no longer had 100% knowledge of good, which is God. It was complete. Just God. Just good. Now they had a working knowledge of good and evil. God and Satan that Adam allowed into the garden. Eve did not allow the enemy into the garden. Adam did. It was his responsibility to protect and guard the Garden of Eden before wife would even come along into this paradise. It was up to him to protect it and keep it cleansed for her arrival, so to speak. The authority was given directly from God to Adam. Amen. Let's keep reading this account, shall we? And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Say comparable to him. Hold your place right there and go to verse 26, right on the other page, 126. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them, plural, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. A helper comparable to him. On the same plane as Adam. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to all the birds, to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. Eve was not created yet. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a... Whoa, man. <laughs> That's one good-looking man. Whoa, man. Says the wife is the glory of the husband. Glorify his name. <laughs> Whoa, man. He made into a woman. And he brought her... To the man. He brought her to the man. He brought her to the man. If you're single, you just got set free. He's bringing you to your man. This is creation. What's changed? He's doing it the same way. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she's a lot better looking than I am. <laughs> because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Clothed in 100% the glory of the Lord. Flames of fire had no concept of evil at this point, had no concept of shame, had no concept of lacking anything, everything completely provided for, 100%, covered, covered. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. So the Lord made the serpent, amen? The serpent wasn't evil, but the devil was evil who entered into the serpent, which the Bible tells us in Daniel fell from heaven. And Luke 10:19 as well. 
Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He's in the garden now. The enemy's in the garden. Somehow he's in there. Again, Adam failed his assignment. He did not guard and keep the garden. The enemy has now entered into his paradise. He failed. It's up to the man. Amen? It's up to the man. Authority has been delegated to the man to keep and guard his household. Amen? And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said... Notice he's not speaking to Adam here. He's speaking to Eve, who did not have the promise. Adam had the promise to guard and keep the garden, keep the enemy out, and don't eat of the tree. That promise, that commandment was given to Adam without Eve present. Now Lucifer, the serpent, is deceiving and going to the woman to try to deceive the man who the promise was given to. Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? No. He didn't. He said, don't eat my tithe. Don't eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, speaking correctly, which is in the midst of the garden, why is she even talking to the devil? She wasn't trained. Adam had not communicated his authority. She should have been like, no, you're the devil. I'm helping Adam keep you out of paradise. Get. That's all she had to say. Get. That's all Adam had to say. Get. But he didn't. He laid down his authority. And now the devil's talking to his wife. Because he's failed to operate in his authority. And the woman said, We may eat of the tree of the tree, uh, the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said again to the woman, not to Adam, You will not surely die. He's the father of lies. This is the first lie in the Bible. Then the serpent said to the woman again, You will not surely die, for God knows that in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband and her, with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both. So notice, Adam didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> serpent deceived Eve came right in because he again he failed in his position <laughs> then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they knew that knowledge of evil had entered in they knew they were naked now and not clothed with the glory of the Lord through disobedience that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings notice there's no blood here fig leaves does not require a sacrifice of an animal there's no blood involved in these fig leaves it's man striving to cover himself again aka religious works and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. 
that beautiful glory and presence they once had in full. Now they're hiding from through the seared conscience, through the knowledge of good and evil. Mental. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, Where are you? Why would he ask if he was omnipotent and knew where he was? Where are you? He couldn't find him. He knew exactly where he was before the fall. He lost sight of his child, his son, when he disobeyed and fell. Paul says in a later, uh, in a letter, um, when you come to Christ, you know him. But he says rather that he knows you now. So the children are lost out there. They're not under his eye, just like Adam was. Where are you? You've fallen from my presence and my grace. I don't know where you are now. He only knows those who are his. Amen. The Lord God called to Adam in the garden and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, Lord. And I was afraid because I was naked, the seared conscience. And I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Whoa. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Face-to-face confession time. One-on-one. Then the man said, the woman! (laughs) Blames the wife. Shows me a lack of responsibility already. Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to me to be with. She gave me of the tree and I ate it. I blame her completely. (laughs) And notice what the Lord does. He doesn't rebuke him, doesn't correct him here. He goes to the woman based on Adam's authority. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? Just goes down the line. The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Now she blames the devil. Again, a lack of responsibility. It just keeps being blamed down and down the chain here. He's the real culprit anyway. But again, they're not taking their responsibility first. Hallelujah. The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, doesn't even deal with the woman. Goes right to the serpent now. Because you have done this. You are cursed more than all cattle, more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. Hmm. Satan's seed and her seed. It's interesting. He shall bruise your head, already prophesying his son for the redemption of man. The woman's seed shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Meaning the, as, it was always God's intention to put the devil right back under their feet. Amen. Under your feet. Amen. Right when they sinned, God made repercussion. God made that Jesus, really. Jesus said, I'll go. When they sin, send me. And it's prophesied here. They got together. Jesus, the word, got together with God, his father, and said, send me, right when they sinned. 
I'll go. And then God puts it here. Written. And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise his head and you shall bruise his heel. Jesus crushed the devil. Amen? Amen. And now serpents are under our feet. Amen. You know, some scholars, some accounts say the serpent was, had all fours and was walking. And when they was cursed, you know, which it says there, started slithering on its belly and ate dust. So he lost position, even the serpent. Now snakes are under our feet. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow. That word sorrow is literally painful toil. And your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. That's under the curse. Your desire shall be for your husband. He shall rule over you. Literally, he shall, you shall be enslaved to him. A lot of nations, a lot of religions are still under this curse. Amen? Wives are enslaved to their husbands. Say, I'm redeemed from the curse. The moment you become born again in Christ Jesus as a woman, you're lifted back up again, comparable to your husband. To reign in paradise again. To spread the blessing again upon the earth. No more bondage. No more enslavement. That's a curse mindset that's sold under the curse. You're comparable now. She's your help me. You're doing it together now, once again. Restoration. So you can both clearly say, at the same time, together, in agreement, get out, devil. One. One flesh. One voice. Thumping the devil's head, amen? (laughs) Then to Adam he said, notice he goes through the line, he works his way up to the top again. Starts with Satan, then the woman, then Adam. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. He left the voice of God and listened to the wife who was deceived. Because you have done this, you put your wife's voice ahead of mine. Meaning spend more time with God, husbands, not with your wife. (laughs) That's the clear-cut example of a healthy marriage and relationship in the Bible. God is first, his voice is first. Your wives agree with his. Do not follow the voice of your wife unless it aligns with the voice of your father. Adam, he said, because you have heeded and listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the, and left my voice behind practically, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. So this is under the curse. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Meaning now you're going to have to work to live. You cut yourself off from my permanent provision, from the blessing. Till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken... For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Meaning now man is going to have to provide for himself. He has no provider anymore. Because he ate his tithe. (laughs) The blessing works through the tithe. (laughs) And Adam called his wife. (laughs) I love this part. 
this would be a great time for Adam to call him his wife something else. <laughs> right? Yeah. He was just cursed. His wife was just cursed. The ground was just cursed. The serpent was cursed. The world was cursed. The curse came in because he let it in. It'd be a great time to not call her Eve, which means the mother of all living. Be a great time to call her Deve, the mother of all dead. <laughs> Everything's dead now. We're dead. We're dead. The land's dead. Everything's not producing. We have to do it ourselves now on our own ability, our own strength. We have to look to us as gods because we don't have them anymore. A great time to change your name. Into the mother of all dying, not living. But notice where he was. Created in the same exact image and likeness of God. Still, he called her name Eve, the mother of all living. There's hope. Adam still saw hope. Through the prophecy that between your seed and your seed, your seed shall bruise, it, shall bruise his head. Amen. There's hope above this curse. Right, right. And his name is Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin. God cuts a blood covenant right here. He saw this, I believe, Adam. He saw Jesus in this covenant and said, there's hope. Her name shall be Eve, the mother of all living when circumstances completely were contrary under the curse. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin, animal skin. Blood was shed and clothed them, provided for them again. Right after the fall. Glory to God, a representation of Christ to restore you to fellowship again to restore your provider again. Yes. That you don't have to do it all on your own anymore. Amen. That God is now my source again. And he provides. Amen. Yes. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. What? <laughs> there was a tree of life in the garden? <laughs> Why didn't he choose Jesus then? Yeah. The tree of life. I believe that tree is Jesus. The tree of life, you'll live forever. It's got to be Jesus. Why didn't he eat of that tree of life? He chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he was deceived, listening to his wife who was beguiled by the serpent, who he did not kick out of the garden himself. All comes back around. And now let us he put his hand and take us also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Jesus says the way is narrow. <laughs> the path is narrow. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. But I see Adam having hope just to name his wife Eve in that verse. Oh, God. I was hoping he'd help me put this together. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Go with me to Galatians 3.13. We'll go this, this route. This could easily become a series. Yes. The blood and the blessing. Yes. To really get this. Glory, glory, glory. I really believe Adam and Eve ate their tithe by eating the one tree that God said not to eat, which cut them off from the blessing of the Lord. While you're turning there, Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow. Again, sorrow in Hebrew, painful toiling with it. Our work is blessed because of the blessing. Without the blessing of the Lord, our work would not produce. As Christians, in the kingdom of God, amen? Not of this world. Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having became a curse for us. Just like those tunics in the blood, Adam and Eve were clothed in, which was Christ, the representation of Christ, becoming the curse for them, God providing and wrapping them again in blood. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, so that, verse 14, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. If the blessing was spread upon every Christian in full, there'd be no lack out of any member in the body of Christ. We would not see different levels of blessing in one life to another in the body. So I looked through this this morning and just noticed it says might there. Which means there's a a might. (laughs) That the blessing of Abraham might come. This is God's wish, that it might come upon all the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The tithe links us to the blessing of Abraham. It has to. Otherwise, everyone would just be blessed. You know? There would be no reason to tithe. You know? A tither would have the same results and rewards as an untither the same level of blessing. It's the tithe that links us to the blessing. Again, if they didn't eat their tithe, they'd be blessed. There'd be no curse out there. It'd just be paradise. The land would be producing on their behalf. Shall we go to Malachi 3 again and in there? It says, Abraham paid tithes of all to Melchizedek. And Abraham was blessed. Amen? Say, I have access to the fullness of the blessing. I have access to tithers' rights. Malachi 3.8 Will a man rob God Yet you have robbed me, but you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. Whoa! Cursed. There's the curse. They ate the tithe. The curse came in. You have an opportunity to not live under the blessing. (laughs) Through disobedience. 
the same disobedience of Adam and Eve who ate their tithe. You have that right and opportunity to not be permanently provided for. You can cut yourself off through disobedience just like they did. In what way have we robbed you, O God? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. (laughs) You have to enter back into covenant with him through the tithe. For the blessing to flourish. I don't care where you tithe. You just need to tithe. Amen? Amen. And to place it where God says to place it there. This equals restoration. God working on your behalf. And it's not just money. It's an act of the heart. It's covenant that you enter into. Blood covenant through your tithe. And worship that not only provides wealth and riches for you, but provides protection to your family. He rebukes the devourer for your sake. If they would have tithed in the garden, the devil would not have been allowed in there even with Adam's disobedience. He would have rebuked him from the garden for his own sake because he entered into covenant through the tithe. He broke covenant. (laughs) The tithe is so important. (laughs) Again, I don't want your money, but I want to see you blessed. Amen? God wants to see you blessed. That's why he set it up. His covenant, amen? Ask the Lord, Lord, where should I tithe today? Whatever I have. Tithe means the tenth part. Ten cents on every dollar, amen? Goes directly to God. Lord, where should I plant your seed? It's not a dead I owe, it's a seed I sow, and I expect results. He rebukes the devourer for your sake, and he opens up the storehouses of heaven for you, amen? Glory to God. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. It's not likely he's going to bless you if you're robbing him of what's his. Even this whole nation bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, God's house. That's why you need to ask him, where should I tithe? It has to be his house where he places his name there for you. That's the number one question every Christian should ask when they come into the body. Lord, where is my body? Where is my church? If it's in Canada, you need to get there right now. Because that's your place. Amen? That's where the blessing flows. That's where your harvest is. Is where God places you as a member in the body. Amen? You need to get there with all your heart. That should be your first question. Where am I going to church, Lord? Send me. Who am I supposed to be a part of? Who am I yoked together with? Because if you don't find that body, you'll forever feel fragmented, disconnected, alone, isolated. You need to get where the Lord sends you, amen, and places his name there. So you can tithe so that the blessing of the Lord may come upon your life and family. Woo! That there may be food in my house and try me now in this. This is how important it is to him. Test me in it. Try me in it. Try him for three weeks, yes. tithing. If you're not a millionaire, I'll pay you back if it doesn't work. <laughs> Try him. Test him in it, amen? <laughs> Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the floodgates of heaven. Adam and Eve cut themselves off of the floodgates of heaven. 
and have to provide for themselves now and toil and struggle with painful hard labor just to make ends meet. That's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to all operate and function through the blessing. (laughs) That there will not be room enough to receive it. Meaning it's going to overflow into your children's children through the generations. You're sowing for future harvest. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, even if you let him in. Because you're a tither and in covenant with me, I'm going to rebuke him because I said so and I never fail. And it's one with his word. Amen? Even if you laid down your rights, you're still in right with me, and I'll rebuke him for you if you're a tither. That's a great promise to have in your back pocket. So whenever I miss it, I know the Lord has my back because I'm a tither and I claim my rights. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall your fine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations, say all nations, nations. will call you blessed, the tithing nation. For you will be a delightful land, a land of plenty, a land flowing with milk and honey through tithing. Amen. Through obedience. I tithe as an act of worship that the blessings on my life, that I've been redeemed from the curse of the law and the blessing of Abraham's on me. And I honor that blessing. I honor him with my tithe. We worship with our tithes before we sow it. Amen. Lord, thank you for bringing us into our promised land. I have tithers' rights. Amen. You're the, the devourers rebuked off our children. If the devil's tried to come in and has somehow deceived me and surpassed my authority and have come into my house and sickness has now been upon my kids, I hold up my tithe and worship him with it and say, you've rebuked the devourer for my sakes. I may have missed it, but you never miss. And I tell you, that sickness clears up almost immediately when it tries to touch my kids and I've overlooked it. Because he does what he says, amen? Because I've entered into covenant with him. Amen. All nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Notice again the blessing linked to the tithe. Blessed. Empowered to prosper is what that word actually means. The tithe sets you up. Amen. Amen. Sets up our kids. Sets us up future generations. Amen. Never stop tithing. Amen. Amen. If you have a decision to pay Edison (laughs) or God, uh, duh. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Man. That's good preaching, Brother Eli. Praise God. God wants to transfer the wealth of the wicked to you. And he will not do it if you're out of covenant with him. The tithe puts you into covenant with God. Amen. Glory to God. It's a covenant that you enter into. Amen. Again, you have free will and rights and authority. God cannot move on your behalf without you exercising your rights and authority first. Amen. You have to allow him permission. 
and the tithe allows the floodgates of heaven open access into your life, your bank account, your finances, and your family, and your children after you forever. Say, I'm a tither. I'm a tither. I claim my tithing rights. Let's all stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you're not a tither, start tithing in Jesus' name. The time is short. The time's coming to an end. You need to start tithing now. Amen. Amen. The world's largest wealth transfer is at hand. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give him some praises. Amen. How many of you want more blessings? How many of you are done trying to do it on your own? The tither brings God into your situation. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for every ear to hear this service and every eye to see. Glory to God that's entering into a larger portion of the blessing through the tithe today. Speak to every heart, Lord. We give you praises, Lord, for those who hear. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You're more than enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you convinced? Come on, say it. I want a tithe. I want the blessings of Abraham in my life. Say, I'm a tither. I claim my tithing rights. The devourer is rebuked because I'm a tither. Off my life, off my family, off my business, off my ministry, off my relationships. In Jesus' name. Because I appropriate my tither's rights. I'm a tither. Let it be known in heaven. Let it be known on earth. That today I'm a tither in Jesus' name. And Lord, I try you in this now. And fully expect for you to do what you promised. That the windows, the floodgates of heaven are open unto me. And you're pouring out such blessings right now. There's not room enough to receive them. But I receive them. And you rebuke the devourer for my sake. Because I've entered into covenant with you. In Jesus' name. Give him some praises. Hallelujah.